0: What we've been talking about is literally what we've been experiencing this morning as a church and that spiritual people. We're on a journey of, of discovering what that means and uh, wanting to live in our fullness and all that God's called us to. Amen. And all that we were talking about this morning is it cannot be understood by the natural or the fleshly or the carnal um, because the things of the spirit cannot be understood by the, the flesh or, or, or the carnal. So if you're not born again here this morning, you're probably a little bit lost not sure what was going on, would encourage you to come and chat to any one of the people around you um, and uh, find out what it is to be a spiritual person. It's to have Jesus inside of our lives. Amen. We have the incredible privilege of becoming one with the Lord. It's that amazing. That's why he talks about us as the church being a bride and he's the bridegroom and this big wedding feast and all these lovely, uh, beautiful picture language that's in the Bible. But in simple terms, it's actually um, that we we um, oh, just leave it in my pocket. That we we become one with Christ, and uh, what it means to become one with Christ is that He comes to dwell and live inside of our hearts and lives, and we get changed and we become these new, amazing, wonderful new creatures in, in Christ. Right? Not just nice language. I'm talking now. This is what happens: is we, we might not be transformed literally, but we're transformed within, and we we transform back to our true identity, as sons and daughters. Amen. How many know that when you come into this world, um, the the understanding of this world uh, is that you basically don't really have an identity. So, little baby, no identity. And then you go through life, and as you go through life, your identity is shaped. And you, this experience and that experience and this, and you're in a certain family, and uh, you have a certain upbringing, and you go to a certain school, and that shapes all your life. And you go to a certain university, and um, and you become a certain uh, a qualified professional, and all of this shapes who you are in life and your identity. How many know that's garbage? How many know that you have an identity when you get born? Your identity is found in God. You're a son and a daughter of, of Him. But this world has got so, we, we have got so used to the status quo or how things operate that we've accepted that that is the normal, that's what's, that's how it is. When in actual fact, it's not how it is. When uh, Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, everything was turned upside down. Do, I, do, we, do we understand the incredible Change that happened when they sinned. You know, the Bible says, let me just throw this out, help us understand something. The Bible says that God is slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. What happens in our lives from the time we're born all the way through our lives? What's the status quo? (laughs) we ticked off all the time we don't want to hear we've got a lot to say that's not by accident church that's the whole thing turned upside down see when you and I were made we were made in his image we were made like him now you I'm not going to get into any of the theology of this, and you can have whatever theology you want in this regard. But I don't think God was talking about um, hands and feet and legs and arms and a body. I think He was talking about being like Him. And He is love. And we were designed to be love. We were designed to be like Him. And as we travel through the world and stuff happens in our lives, We get these nice little sayings, even in the church now, we're not doormats. Friends, you and I get the privilege of making peace and bringing mercy. That's not a doormat, that's Christ-like. You now get the privilege of being love in this world. That's not a wuss, that's not a pushover, that's being Christ-like. That's living as Christ wants us to live, like Him, amen? Amen? That's our identity in God. And you get your identity straight away. The reality is, when we get born again, we get the revelation, the understanding, and God has to do a transformation. Amen. And that's the key thing that we've been trying to talk about, about being spiritual people is to understand that we've been transformed. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what school you went to. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter whether you were from a rich or poor family. It doesn't matter whether you went to a great school or a poor school or a private school or a government school. It doesn't matter whether you went to the best university or the worst university. It doesn't matter whether you uh, became an engineer from, and then he said Harvard, but if you, came, if you became an engineer from um, Fofi's Fontaine University, uh, it doesn't matter, friends. All of that, friends, has to bow. When you get born again. Paul said, I count all of that rubbish. Because when you know Christ, you've been transformed, you've been changed, you have died to all of that. and You've been made alive now, born again into a whole new and living way, which is a bloodline and a pedigree and a heritage that comes directly from the throne of God. Amen. Amen. Every single one of us, that is our identity. And we dare not let the world shape our identity or life shape our identity. We need to let the giver of life shape our identity. Amen. And so we've been trying to share this and impart to the church because the exciting thing is our identity is that we are spiritual people. And that we not only walk around in this realm, but we have access and an open heaven into a whole nother realm, a realm that actually is more important And more real than even this realm, friends. Because this realm, friends, he said he's going to do away with, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That realm will continue. This realm, friends, changes. This realm, the Bible says, is temporary. So even the things that I see are the temporal, the things that are unseen are actually the permanent. Which is very hard for us because we live here. So it's to be able to understand that and to walk as that kind of a person whose faith and his trust is totally in that other realm. Now, how do we do that as a church? He's given us the gospel to help us understand, friends, that we've got to get revelation, we've got to get understanding in order to walk in it. See, what you believe will be outworked in your life. I've said this all along. When we stand before the Lord one day, Uh, in years gone by, and I've preached this and and, and had so much teaching on it, even at Bible college. You know, we get this kind of picture that one day we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to have to answer a whole bunch of questions, and there's a bit of a Sanhedrin standing there, and okay, yes, no, I did that, yes, when I was 17, I messed up, I did this, and uh, yes, and this, and And then there's big, whole, long discussion and big thing, and we're going to have movies behind us of all our things that have happened in our lives, and it's all garbage, your life, friends, will demonstrate and dictate what you have believed. You don't have to say much. I believe we'll stand before the Lord and our life will display what we believed. You can't hide what you believe. It's demonstrated. Amen. So I want to encourage us. It's what we believe. So, so what I wanted to teach on this morning, which I'll, I'll, I'll teach another time because I won't be able to get into it too much. But I just want to say that it comes from um, a, a pretty lame joke, but I, I really it's one of my favorites. I lo, I'll enjoy this joke. And it's about, um, uh, it's a ship, uh, it an English ship that was in trouble in the Baltic Sea, and uh, it was going down and it was sinking. And they sent out a distress signal and they said, Mayday, Mayday, um, we are sinking, we are sinking, Mayday, Mayday, please help, Mayday, we are sinking. And there was a stunned silence for a little while, and then suddenly the radio crackled. Came over the radio was the German Coast Guard, and the German Coast Guard said, "Um, "This is the German Coast Guard. Hello, hello. What are you thinking about?" (laughs) 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 So I've called the title of this, "What Are You Thinking?" The important thing, friends, is we've got to know what and take authority and control over what we are thinking. Because in these days that we're living in, it's not time to be angry. It's not time to be, oh, whatever. It's time to take control of our thoughts. It's time to declare. It's time to walk in faith. It's time to believe. It's time to trust. It's time to step out. I want you to understand that we, when we got born again, this is a gospel of follow. Amen? This isn't a gospel of hear and just give your nod of approval. Just like for me, salvation isn't a prayer to get to heaven. Salvation is a prayer of bringing heaven into you. And when Jesus walked past a whole bunch of guys said, hey, guys, just, all lift, just close your eyes. And i um, are just going to say a quick prayer. He just said, follow me. It's a gospel about follow. Amen? If you will deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. It's about following Him. The gospel is about following Him. It's about a journey. Often as we get born again and come into the ritual of church and of doing stuff, we eventually lose lose the plot of the gospel being something that we follow and we come to get. But actually, it's a gospel about following. We're following Christ. We're doing what He's called us to do. We're a group of people that are being challenged, being stirred up. Amen? And so He puts a whole bunch of things in place in the Word of God. He puts a whole bunch of things for us to understand that to stay free and to keep following Him these things will be very helpful in your my life. Amen. Instead of something of a get, it's something of a helpful to follow. Why? Because you're gonna have competition and there's gonna be an attack on your life for you to follow something else. There's gonna be an attack on your life for you to be controlled by something else. And I wanna encourage you to keep it very, very simple this morning. The the enemy or the devil does not mind if you are the something else. He's not intimidated if you control. Because if you're in control, he's in control. It's either God or it's something else. Amen? Amen? Now we're all here because we love Jesus, so he, and because we want to be here, and because we want to celebrate and walk and in all His fullness, all that He's got. So this is not a heavy, I'm not trying to nail anybody, I'm trying to encourage us that there is a freedom that God wants us to walk in, and it's, there is a tsunami that is about to break over our lives, this nation, this earth, that God wants us to catch and to move wonderfully in and position us in it. And, Spiritual people will be those people that will catch it. So I'm trying to just encourage us that that we've got to understand how God is trying to position us and what God is actually doing, amen. And that's why there are things, and and, and that's why I laugh when people, um, they get stuck into their theology and trying to fight over all the different things when actually there's a simplicity to to, um, what God put in place. As spiritual people, let me just use these examples because I'm not gonna get into what I wanted to preach. What is the time? as spiritual people, um, we, we've been given the ability and the wonderful privilege of t- speaking in tongues, right? It's beautiful. Paul says to us, that he speaks more than all of us, where we should all be encouraged to speak in tongues. And tongues is wonderful, and tongues is powerful. And now we go and search in the Bible how tongues can access the blessing for our lives. Now there's truth in that, but the reality is, friends, is that we were redeemed from A fraught tree. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we are put into the tree of life. And our nourishment comes from the tree of life. But our default is to want to go back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So guess what? That thing between your ears needs to be brought into submission. and And needs to be controlled. Amen? Because we rely on it too much and we think too highly of it. In the whole world there is a hierarchy about academics. For me, sometimes the most most academic and most intelligent people are the most stupidest. But we elevate people because of the academics, friends. What God's trying to encourage us to is not to put so much trust in what's between our ears. So he gives us a heavenly language, friends, which is wonderful. It's direct access, and it's a throne room, and it's got wonderful different aspects to it, which I shared about a a little while ago. But one of the truths about speaking in tongues, friends, is it bypasses your head. Which is a really good thing. Because then we can talk to him and we can trust him, and it gives us the ability to understand that we actually are spiritual people and that we're connecting with our spirit to his spirit. It's very helpful. And if you do this as a routine, it keeps you free. If you don't speak in tongues, then you spend your whole life between your ears. And if you spend your whole life between your ears, you begin to rely on your academics. You begin to rely on your skill. You begin to rely on your ability. You begin to rely on your, what you're thinking and the way you think, friends. Isn't that amazing? It's like the Bible says do not neglect the gathering together of the brethren. Why do we come to church on a Sunday? Well, if we go to the Bible and we find out the truth, In terms of the Bible, it says we gather together to stir one another up to love and good deeds. Amen. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. We gather together to stir one another up to love and good deeds. See, if we neglect that gathering, if we say, no, I don't really want to come to church, it's all fine, whatever. Friends, who's stirring you up? Can I ask you a very simple question? A little bit of science. You toss something into a cup of water. What happens to that something? It settles. See, if you are not coming to church, if you're not attending a good church, a place where word of God's being preached, friends, guess what you are doing? You are settling. So why do we go come to church, friends? Not because it's some nice little thing, because I need to hear how I can get my promise or I can get the 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 get that answered or or just how I can make sure my life is nice. We come to church because, as the Bible says, we stir one another up. We don't settle, friends. We're constantly encouraging and stirring one another up. We're not letting that thing settle. We're stirring one another up to what? Love and good deeds. And guess what happens when you constantly stir? It dissolves. And what happens when it dissolves? It becomes one with whatever it's been dissolved in. Suddenly, I am love, I am a walking good deed. We become one because we stirred one another up. It's a natural flow from my heart. When I came in, it was just an outworking, a little offshoot, a bind, a grind, a duty. But we stir one another up. So let's have a debate and a fight about whether we should come to church. Friends, I don't come to church to get accepted. I don't come to church because it's the right thing to do. I don't come to church because it qualifies me. I've been accepted. I've been qualified. I come to church because it stirs me up to love and good deeds. It helps my life to constantly walk this journey because if I don't, friends, I begin to settle and then I stop looking like Jesus. I stop operating like Jesus. I stop being Jesus. Challenge yourself and go and find people that are not going to church. It's like because I can and I'm up here and I've got the mic. It's the same as tithing, friends. We concentrate too much on tithing. Well, there's a promise here somewhere that if we tithe, then God gives us everything. I had the shocking amazement to hear somebody very, very recently so that, But people for ages and for years have tithed and they're still poor and nothing happens. Like we're trying it for something to happen. Like we tithe so that we can get the promises, so that God can give us, so that He can bless us, so that we can have our finances or, and all of this. How about Adam and Eve walk through the garden every single day and walk past that tree? You can't have that one. You can't have that one. Gee, why did God plant it right there? Why didn't he just put it right in the corner of the garden? It's just like, it's so irritating. It helps me stay free, friends. It helps me as I walk past that to say, I thank you that I'm not my own, that I've been bought with a price. I thank you that I'm not in charge, that I'm not the master. I'm just a servant. I'm just the one It's just a diligent steward of that which you've given me. Every single time I tithe, every single month, it speaks a declaration over my life and it helps me to stay free from mammon. Wow. Oh no, not it's, it's Old Testament. It's, 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 it's no, it's this, it's that. It's the, it's the freedom that God placed in the Bible for every single one of us. To live what? To live as spiritual people. It helps me to stay free from mammon and from being a physical natural person. My natural tendency will be to the things that I can see and that I can buy and that I can I uh, can I can get that I can fill my life with and God says, "I'm put things in place that will help you just to stay free." So that you can be a spiritual person that see things that are not of this world. And I could give you there's a list Now, what are you thinking? It's very important, friends, because what's happening here is this determining what's going on here, which is determining what's going on here. And God wants us to rise up and take authority now. And the Bible's so very clear on it, you know? We talk about don't giving the devil a foothold and he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But if you just go before that, Just before that scripture to read, it it says there, Be sober, be watchful, be vigilant. There's something about being sober and being watchful. There's something about taking authority of what's going on between here. There's something about understanding, friends, that what's happening in our minds is very, very important. But we need to, today, and just, I'll only be able to share this and we'll do it another time, but just the reality is, friends, we need to understand that the mind needs to be the platform in order for God to launch you from. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discern or test what is the perfect There's something about a renewing of the mind. There's something about the mind that will help and establish us to be able to test what is His will, what is His plans, and what is His purposes. There's something that we need to understand how the mind operates and how we need to operate in order for the spiritual realm to launch. They work together. But friends, we understand that as spiritual people, our confidence is not what is between our ears. Amen. I'm not gonna get to this, but... I want us to, maybe I'll I'll say two things and then I'm finished this morning. It's just, I want us to know that in these days that we're living in, it is so important that we as the people take authority of what is trying to nest in our thinking. We need to take authority over it. It's so important that we know the word. A mind stayed on Christ is at Peace. It's important that we get that word established and that we don't let other things come and nest in it, friends. And then it's important that we do begin to follow. We begin to be obedient and do what God's called us to do. And you have to launch from a place of the word and of authority. Amen? I wrote this down and I, I just so you can meditate on it in the week. If what you are thinking and believing does not encourage you and move you forward, it can't be the truth. If what you are thinking, what are you thinking, and believing does not encourage you and move you forward, it can't be the truth. Quick thought dropped in. Far too many of church believers, call themselves believers and followers of Christ as they journey and go through life and encounter difficulty are praying for the difficulty or for the situation to change instead of praying for a different way of believing and thinking. If you're sitting here today and you say, I'm depressed, I'm down, Susie, can you pray for me, I'm depressed, are you asking for God to come and to change your circumstance or situation and make you happy, or are you wanting God to come and to change the way you think and believe? Amen. Amen. Because if he changes the way your happiness or your circumstance, you will encounter it again, right? So we have far too many, we've got far too many prayer warriors in the life of the church with reams of lists of people who are asking for prayer when what they actually need is truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. You don't need prayer, you need truth. My auntie's son-in-law's father's cousin is feeling down today. Can you just pray? And now the prayer warriors are spending all their time just pray and then, no, he's feeling much better today. He's all happy and smiley. Whoa, that's really great. great. Three days later, can you pray for my auntie's uncle's son-in-law's father's niece who's down again? Maybe I want them to understand who they are. Maybe they don't need a ministry. They need truth to set them free so they never again will be depressed and down. Amen. Because of our identity and who we are, friends, as spiritual people, we are trying to deal with matters in an earthly way instead of dealing with them in a spiritual uh, way. And truth is a spiritual thing. If my response to life does not look like Jesus, then I'm not walking in the truth. I I was going to unpack these. I'm just throwing them out. Go meditate on it. We'll try and have a look at it. Should I say that again? If my response to life does not look like Jesus, then I'm not walking in the truth. How many of you? I've I'm, I'm landed. I'm just going to share this last little story. How many of you can can? How many of you can can relate to this story? Sunday morning, wake up. Oh, didn't you forgot to set the alarm clock? Who was it? it was your turn to set the alarm clock? No, I, it was your turn. I thought you were going to wake up early. And no, we need to hurry up. Let's go and get everything. Is everything ready? No, no, the kids still haven't got ready. Let's get the kids already. Come on, kids, hurry up. Get your stuff. Get you organized. Come on, guys. Get, get in the car. Pack them in the car. Shut up. I'm trying to drive around. Pull in. Ah, we're late again. 10 minutes. 15 minutes late. It's always us. It's our family. We're always late. Come in here. Put your stuff. Oh, quickly. No. Oh, oh, oh. Children's ministry. <laughs> Off you go. Sit down in your chair. Hallelujah. Yeah. How many can relate to that, friends? What's that telling your child? It's telling your child that actually uh, Christianity is attending church? How about Christianity is communing with God? How about before I come on a Sunday, I want to spend some time with Jesus? Maybe I want to spend some time with Jesus, my whole family. I want them all to wake up. We're going to pray before we even go to church. We spend some time together and then we're gonna drive to church. Hallelujah. And we're actually gonna come to church on time. Because I'm sitting there and I'm grilling my kids. And I'm telling them, listen, you have respect for your workplace. You have respect for your job. You get there on time. That's the right thing to do. Sunday morning. Ah, oh, it's time. Oh, we're late again. It's 15 minutes. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Come sit there. Child sitting there going. Okay, so I must have respect for my workplace. I must wake up early. I must go to work on time. I must be on time because I must honor and respect my boss. It's the right thing to do. And it's shocking that we have a generation that don't want to come to church, let alone they don't even know time. They don't even own a watch. They hardly ever get there on time. It's not shocking, friends. It's just the reality of what we believe. Am no, I being horrible? No, I'm trying to be nice. I'm just trying to say that we, we've got to change the way we think. We've got to change what we believe. We're not coming to church to get our prayers answered. We're not coming to church to get our vats full. We're coming to church to stir one another up to be the light. To shine for Jesus. Because I've been transformed It's no longer I that live live. and this gospel is a follow me gospel. I'm following him, it's active, it's vibrant, it's alive, it's living, friends. And it's about a realm of the spirit, a realm that you cannot see and unless I am as a spiritual person learning the realms of the spirit, I will slip back, friends. So suddenly, Tithing isn't about trying to get something. Tithing is helping me stay free. Suddenly attending church isn't about some tick and me showing off. It's about me being stirred up. It's about, it's about love and good deeds becoming part of my life. I'm rubbing shoulders with people that are encouraging me, that are strengthening me. Uh, the whole thing is dissolving into my life. My life is becoming to look like something. It's looking like Christ. Amen? Prayer is a, is a, is a reliance, it's a dependency on God. If I'm not praying, friends, half of the church, not this church, but half of the church don't even pray. It's a dependency. It's a reliance. It's a trust. It's a believing in God. It's, a, it's part of this rhythms of my life that God put in place so that I could live free, so that I could live that He stays master. He stays Lord. He stays king. I stay believing. Amen? So, I mean, I want to unpack all of that, in, in and in a hopefully in a, in a wonderful way. I've, there's so much, um, but I want to encourage us this morning what, what, about this. I just want to say, spiritual people, it's very important to spiritual people what is happening here, and the, what is happening here is a foundation, just a foundation, friends. The secondary and the primary. See, as as natural human beings, primary, secondary; as spiritual beings, secondary, primary. Amen. So I want us. I want a journey, a powerful journey, a wonderful journey. Um, but I've just laid a little bit of a platform, and just just maybe thrown out some things that would just challenge us, um, but encourage us, and to say, "What are you thinking? What are you thinking about? Because what you're thinking about." You're allowing the enemy to come and make a nest in what you're thinking. But if you're thinking, the right thinking, not just thinking, thinking, but the nice thinking, it's a platform now for me to encounter him and to go into those realms. And the Bible says I never even got to it. It's just a sign of maturity. See, we need to get understanding in order to be able to operate and do. So in your prayer time, I want to encourage you with this. In your prayer time, as we do tonight, if you don't have understanding, if you're not operating in wisdom and understanding in God, you can pray all you want till you're blue in the face. It won't work. Because it's not the prayers, it's what you're thinking, what you're believing. Shall we stand? (laughs) There's something about a German accent, I just. (laughs) Even if it's not one, it's good. thank you, Lord. I know time has gone by, but let's just, let's pray. Let's just pray. Let's just trust the Lord this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for this amazing group of people. This is family, sons and daughters. We have the privilege of getting together on Sundays and uh, eating a meal together of your word, Lord God. It's, It's our food. As Jesus said, there's food that you know nothing about. It's, It wasn't natural food. It was the food of the will of God. This is my food to do the will of God. I want to thank you, Lord God, for this amazing group of people hungry and thirsty to do the will of God, hungry and thirsty to to walk in the fullness of Christ, hungry and thirsty to give a yielded yes, hungry and thirsty, Father, to truly walk and be a life that demonstrates the presence and power of God. And in order to do that, Lord, I know that there certain things that we need to have sealed, cemented, entrenched in our hearts and minds. And they must be truth. God is looking for worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth spirit and truth they go together church and for us to be a spiritual people we need to have an understanding of truth we need to know truth because the Bible says if you will know truth truth will set you free it means if you don't know truth then you are captive I don't want anything holding me captive. I wanna be free in truth. And when I'm free in truth, then I can operate in the realm of the spirit. So I pray today, Lord, it's not a prayer that needs laying on of hands. It's a prayer of the heart. It's surpassed pastor cry of my heart for every single one of us, Lord, as a group of people, as a family, that I do believe you wanna do amazing things. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you have filled every one of the seats that we have in this building. And that you have people standing on the sides, on every wall. And you have people sitting out into the the corridor because they're hungry for you and for truth. But we can only see that, Lord if we have understanding. I ask today that you would help us, Lord, and all you're getting, get understanding. There's a way that seems right to man, but it leads to destruction. But there is a way. It's a way of the Spirit and it's a way of truth that you want us to walk in in these days, Lord. We're about to see the most miraculous signs and wonders. We're about to see recreated miracles like this world has never seen. We're about to see things being reshaped and reformed. They will only happen in the natural eye that we can see if we understand and believe and have seen them with the eyes of our heart. I ask today, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our understanding. I ask today, Lord God, that this is not a time for us to be angry or blasé or casual or whatever. It's a time for us to arise. It's a time for us to take authority. It's a time for us to be diligent with that which we entrust between our ears. It's a time for us to be sober and to be watchful, to be vigilant, to only allow that which is truth to enter and to dwell and to make its home in our minds. And to allow our faith to arise and join with that truth and cause the most profound and most amazing things to happen in the seen realm. I pray today, Lord God, for every single one of us, Lord, that this this is something has shifted, something has changed in the realm of the Spirit. I pray that every single one of us would not miss it, Lord, but that we'd be positioning ourselves even now. That, Lord, as much as we want to acknowledge that it's important that we study, that we know certain things in the natural, it's more important that we study and that we know things in the spiritual realm. And that those things work together, both of them. They're not mutually exclusive. They're partner. As long as our trust is in the realm of the Spirit, it has to partner with truth. Friends, truth had to come. Truth came to this earth first so that it could open a new and living way into the Spirit. You have to allow truth to come, church, so that we can walk in the Spirit. Will you help us today, Lord God, and even this week to bring truth to our lives? And I pray as we journey, Lord, this week, and as we pray, and even all the prayer warriors that are sitting here, that have all those prayer chains and prayer lists, that they would have a look through all of those and identify whether it's something that just wants to change a circumstance or even to bless, or whether it's better, that we allow truth to come into that situation so that that person can be set free forever. I don't want to shift chairs around on the Titanic. I want to patch up that which is broken. I want to fix that which is broken. I pray today, Lord God, that there be a transformation of thinking and understanding. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not operate the way this world operates. Do not follow the way this world thinks. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. May you renew our minds today, Lord God, to a new living way. May you renew our minds to an understanding that we are amazing, mighty, wonderful, loved human beings they were made in the image of God. We were made love. Lord, help us when we understand that truth to be love to those that we come in contact with today and throughout the week in the name of Jesus. Will you help this revelation to become a in every one of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're needing prayer, this morning for anything if you